Welcome back, everybody, to Brown Bag Bets, powered by Betsburst. You are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. Happy Monday. You might be a little confused because usually we have Mr. Felica here on Fridays, but he is here on Monday, Andy, to join us to talk about what I'm pretty sure is the last college football game of the year. They don't have that weird, like, after the championship game bowl anymore, right? Hopefully not. No, God, no. And I, I did have to call somebody out about, like, uh, there, there was a little slander about, oh, it's a Saturday without college football. Like, yeah, there's a FCS game, which, in all honesty, turned out to be in total dud yeah. due to an early injury and just domination by a team that's dominated for a decade. But yeah, this is this is a fun one, even for people who don't like rematches. This is a solid rematch, and I've sat through a week of Twitter chats and conversations with other people trying to make cases for both sides and i'm as confused as i uh as i was to start with and i might just bet this over and cheer that both teams have a really good time yeah i i think a lot of times in, in these rematches you can you can make a little bit more of an argument and a case to to back the team that lost the first the first meeting and i'm just i was doing some thinking and i think i brought it up on the uh on the podcast, it, it kind of has a little bit of a feel like 2011 Alabama LSU and Notre Dame Clemson last year, where in 2011 Alabama had all the the kicking problems and and you walked away like Alabama is the better team. And if they happen to somehow play again in the national championship, Alabama is going to win the game easily, and they did. Uh, or last year. Uh, when when Notre Dame beat Clemson and Clemson didn't have Trevor Lawrence and they didn't have about a half a dozen guys on that defense and they pulled the overtime upset, you were like, if Clemson and Notre Dame play again in the ACC championship game, it's not going to be competitive. And it wasn't. And and I kind of feel a little bit like the same thing this year where I think a majority of people think Georgia's the better team and they thought that going into the SEC title game and things just kind of got out of hand. So it, it wouldn't surprise me tonight if uh, if Georgia won this game and won this game a little bit more comfortably than people might think. Ooh. Yeah, and I've seen, you know, that that's the main bull case for Georgia. The other one is just, you know, Bama was good all year. We just didn't realize it because we had so much hype around Georgia. And my, my main takeaway from the semifinals is like, well, Georgia looked a lot more, you know, they looked great. Honestly, Georgia looked great. Alabama looked fine, but there is something to be said for a wily old coach kind of playing it a little vanilla against a group of five team and just getting enough done, not showing the good plays. Either way, I'm pretty excited. And you, you've made a couple bets here. A little, uh, you do this sometimes. You take a little uh, unconventional route to this. And I, I, yeah. I kind of like this too because, and I said to Dan before the show started, I'm like, I'm not sure there's an outcome for this game that would surprise me. But uh, like, if you do like George, I think you can make a little extra money this way. You know, if you go back and look in the uh, college football playoff games, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, whether it's the semifinals or the final, the 11 games that have had a spread of less than a touchdown, six of them have been decided by at least 17 points. So a lot of times the alternative lines are basically ways where you can maybe make a little bit extra money. Like one thing that I did do, or I should say two things that I did is I laid, I laid six and a half with Georgia at like plus 160 and laid nine and a half with Georgia at like plus 245. Uh, just because I, I think there is a, a chance that maybe you get a late touchdown or, or maybe Georgia makes the adjustments that they needed to 
from the first meeting and 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 they do win the game a little bit more comfortably than than one might think and, and what you were talking about as well with the uh, alabama and, and, and nick saban against cincinnati like I, I think that's a big part of the handicap here I, I think you need to figure out was what we saw against cincinnati basically the game plan like they knew they could run the ball at will and had no respect for Cincinnati's front? Or was it good Cincinnati secondary play, uh, eliminating those big plays? Or was it the fact that John Metchie wasn't there? Because if you look at the Georgia game, uh, the first meeting in, the, in Atlanta, Alabama had seven 20-yard completions. They averaged 10 yards a drop back. And Bryce Young's off-target percentage was around 7%. If you look at the Cincinnati game, they had two 20-yard pass plays. Um, they averaged less than six yards of drop back. And his off-target percentage was right around 19, 20%. So we, we, was that just the circumstances of all the, of, uh, of all of those things? Or was it more an indication of Mechie not being there? Because if you look at Mechie and the Alabama passing game over the course of the year, he actually had more targets by a considerable amount. I think it was 54 to 43 in obvious passing situations. So like he's the security blanket. He's the guy that Bryce Young looked towards uh, in obvious passing down. So can, 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 a, can Bolden or Jacobs or someone like that kind of step up tonight and fill that void? Because uh, Jamison Williams, I'm sure, is now going to be getting a lot more attention from the Georgia secondary. So that, 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 that angle right there, like I, I know people probably are, are tired of hearing about it, but, but in our production meeting that we had yesterday, like there, there's some of the, some of the coaches and some of the, the people that we talked to really think that the Mechie absence is going to be a pretty big deal. Yeah. And that's too, like, and Alex, it, it makes me think of your charts you make about the, the overs and unders for the NBA, how, how it, it flows and like that teams and markets can be, it's just like, a, I mean, it's like the old stock market after it, like, you know, buy, buy low, sell high. It's the same thing. You going into that, you going into that SEC title game. Like Georgia's, Georgia's stock was super high, and Bama's was slightly lower, all things considered. Now after the win, and even despite you know, Georgia looking much better in the semifinal, all things considered, I think Bama's stock is kind of high right now. And you know, the, the, if the Mechie injury matters, it's. I, I well, I mean, I guess I hope it is a blowout for your sake, for your bets. But like that's that's kind of where I'm leading. I'm like Georgia, Georgia's offense get it figured out. If if Georgia's offense is fine, like I don't see how this doesn't go over. And I think that's kind of where I'm at. But I did say something I enjoy thoroughly on these is the amount of props. It's kind Love of turned it. into like how the, how the Super Bowl, like the Super Bowl is like two thousand props now. It's almost ridiculous you got to spend a month looking at them but these big games the offerings have been nice and yeah you have some player props too you looked at yeah there, there were there were two that i was looking at number one was uh, uh brock bowers to score the first touchdown in the game at like plus 750 and if you can find a an anytime touchdown um I, I think that's worth the play as well he's got six touchdowns in his last four games he's a matchup nightmare uh we've seen uh stetson bennett target him early in games he had that great play uh, I think it was on the first play of the game or that first drive of the game uh, against Michigan in the Orange Bowl. So him to score a touchdown, I think he's got 12 or 13 now uh, on the year. Um, at, at that price, I think it's worth a play. And we, we've talked, and a lot of times in these games, it's players that we don't often talk about. We've talked about Bowers. we talked about Pickens. You, you talk about Jamison Williams. We talk about Brian Robinson. Like Someone like Jermaine Burton, I think, could be someone tonight 
who could have a pretty big game. Because uh, when they put that package on the field with Pickens and, and, and the tight ends, and now you have to worry about Cook and McIntosh potentially coming out of the backfield. Like someone like Jermaine Burton, who had a 57-yard touchdown in the um, – in, in the Orange Bowl, he potentially could get a little bit uh, overlooked and, and a little bit ignored, uh, but he's only one, basically one reception away from popping that over 36 and a half. So I think Burton is someone that I would take a, a look at tonight for a, um, a yardage prop over. You know, I love a first touchdown score. That's why I was poking around. I was going to ask Dan about that, but this is a good start. You really do. And Bowers is somebody, uh, I had a production meeting this morning with, uh, and Ryan Noonan was in there. Mm-hmm. And I asked him for some props and he liked, he liked a Bowers. Uh, I think it was just, I, I wrote it down somewhere. I think it was the receptions over. I haven't got my four for four ad on in honor of him today, but so I was going to say you're doing, you're doing double promotions there. You got four for four and you got the, uh, the best spurts hoodie on there. You're, oh yeah. I'm just your company. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go buy gear. If I can just get the yeah. free company gear for sure. This is, this is, what I'm, this is why I'm repping, but uh, yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a look at the, the offering of props. This game, I have a little bit of time yet. It's all afternoon. There's no Monday night football anymore. It's nice to fill the void with that. Um, I was going to ask you too, you know, that without a lot of other stuff going on, just the one game, have you had a chance to start digging into golf for the week? No, I haven't, I, 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 haven't, I, haven't, I haven't even looked. Yeah, at I, 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 I literally just, just saw that someone tweeted out that that, that DeChambeau is not in the field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still kind of, I'm a little, I'm a little salty this morning, and still kind of a little, little melancholy as well, uh, just because of yesterday's NFL results. Because uh, I'm in a season long deal, and uh, I had the Rams and really needed the Rams yesterday. And the player in front of me had the Niners. The player behind me had the Niners. And it's one of those like super contest style pools where you got to weight them though. Five, four, three, two, one. And uh, the Rams blowing the 17 nothing lead and then blowing the, the 24-17 lead late. Uh, it was a significant five-figure swing for me. Uh, so that, that, that hurt. And then um, I had the, I can't, maybe even if I brought it up last week or not, I might have with Ryan. I'm not even sure. Uh, but I did play the uh, the lunch money parlay at 650 to one Jags money line and tie in uh, Chargers Raiders. <laughs> so I, I thought I was looking at a uh, another significant five figure score. And uh, yeah, I felt like I got robbed last night. I, I didn't even leave my hotel room. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little I'm a little down today. I feel like it should be a lot uh, a lot wealthier than I am. There's somebody else who was pretty bummed out. Um, one of our buddies in the chat quite a bit had a bet on Trevor Lawrence to throw the most interceptions, which is all fine and dandy right up until Matt Stafford threw that <laughs> interception, which pulled that bet wow. into a tie. So it was, I think, dead heat rules apply. Condolences yeah. to anyone else who had Trevor Lawrence most interceptions. Oh. You got Drew, Drew had uh, Trevor Lawrence's rushing yards for the season. He needed he needed a certain number yesterday, and then he was starting to get nervous because the end of the game was looking like it may have been. It did end, end with kneel downs. He still ended up the, the scampering by Trevor was enough to get him the, the bets and he, the kneel downs didn't hurt enough, but that that's to, to run 17, 18 weeks with a rushing prop and have kneel downs take it the other way would be <laughs> a really bad one. And I don't know how many people I saw with the tie prop. My favorite thing about the tie prop bet that, you know, the, like you said, Chris, you, you bet the Jaguars, you parlay it. We, we kind of went over that at halftime last night. It was the, the number was wrong. Like the, there was, sure. they, they were so correlated, like the number was kind of wrong. And I seen a bunch of people screw up and get paid on this because they didn't, 
they didn't bet the right bet. They bet the Jaguars to win and then the tie in regulation, like oh, a three-way regulation that. tie. And they're like, oh, I thought I I thought I just got bad odds compared to everyone else. Like, yeah, it turned out I won my bet. I'm like, yeah, you just, you just take those and move down the road and realize next time you have a bad beat, you got a lucky one in your pocket. Yeah. It's like the dude, it's like the dude in um Circus Survivor was out there. Oh no, I'm not hedging at all. I'm the Chiefs and I bet the Chiefs. Like, what are you doing? Like you got $1.2 million on it. It's the ultimate perfect hedge. You can name your profit right right then and there. And you should have lost. Like the, the Broncos should have won the game and you should have lost. And, and the fact that he was so stubborn and ignorant and dumb about the way he strategized the uh, that final week, I was kind of hoping he was going to lose. But it just goes to show you, like, regardless of how much you guys or me or anybody think we know, those survivor contests are so it, it's just luck. It really is. You can you can map it out. You can think you have the right side, and then it comes down to Nick Bolton making a an unbelievable hit on Melvin Gordon. And they return to fumble ninety six yards for a score. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of NFL betting in a nutshell. Like so many things, just think about the the results. Like you said, the Niners' result. Honestly, the Raiders' results. I think I think the Chargers took it in the shorts from the refs for like sixty, seventy minutes. If we're going to be honest, and, I mean there were some there were some funny results yesterday. It's uh, it's such a grind. Chargers minus five hundred make the playoffs two weeks ago, right? Something like that. Oh yeah, I mean at one point Baltimore was the one seed. A lot of things, a lot of things got ticklish in the middle of the season, but yeah, playoff start. Saturday, but tonight is tonight's about the amateurs. Amateurs. I'm gonna say. Oh, that. I was gonna say, please, please, and, and the, semi pros. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll go semi air quotes on that. Thanks to the nil stuff. So, all right, well, Mr. Felica, if you missed it, took some alt spreads on the Georgia Bulldogs up to almost ten. I think six and a half and nine and a half is what yeah. you had, and then some props. Bowers. Scoring first, Bowers scoring anytime. I love the anytime. That's a good way to bail yourself out. Totally. And who is uh who is the other uh, uh, Jermaine Burton, Burton receiving the yards receiver under no, over his receiving yards? Rather, I was thinking Sorry. one other prop uh, Stanford Steve actually liked was uh, he liked Bob Bolden receiving yards over and Jameson Williams receiving yards under. So uh, if you if you're looking for a couple more things to to root for. And I, uh, those are a couple of the, that Steve had thrown out there as well. Yeah, my card is my card is filling up then. Excellent. Just play all those. So, all right. Well, we thank you for joining us again. Have fun with the you know the game tonight. Best of luck to all your bets, and we'll catch you again. Great. Take care, guys. See you, Chris. All right. I always forget about the survivor contest. Like that's the thing. Like it is just some. There's you so do need much. a lot of luck. Well, and the thing is, too, like the Survivor Millionaire or the Circus Millionaire, like you got almost at 70%. Like that's not just good handicapping. That's good handicapping plus a lot of things going right. Like you just, you have to be, you have to have your luckiest season to even end up in the cash now. There's so many people in there. So otherwise, let's uh, let's make a few more bets. There's a lot more going on today. The NHL is still kind of skimming along, but NBA's, NBA is full steam ahead right now, I think. We've even got a lot of the players back. NBA's doing good. We're just chugging along. But it is tennis season, Andy. Tennis is in full gear. We've got two women's tournaments. The Australian Open qualifiers are going. It's a very, very busy weekend. I'll actually be doing a BetUS show later today, talking a little bit about the tennis 
giving out a couple outrights and things like that. So we're in full throttle. Got a bunch of bets uh, for everybody. These should all be later tonight. Again, run Australia. We'll go. We'll start with the Adelaide Two tournament here. Diana Yastremska, um, someone who is kind of had a rough year last year. Made some uh, less than great social media decisions. Uh, may or may not have been taking PEDs. Just, just generally a tough year for her overall. But a very talented player um, seems to be kind of back in some sort of form this last week or so. Has been playing quite a bit of tennis. Goes against Teresa Martinkova, someone I like quite a bit. But generally plays much better in Europe. If you go back and look, she generally struggles early in the season and down under. I guess is a great spot for Yastremska that's had a couple more matches already under her, her belt. I have her like a minus 130, almost minus 135 favorite here. So um, anything minus 120 or better looks good to me. Heather Watson, um, the Brit here, playing Tamara Zidancic. Zidancic someone who generally does better on slower hardcore surfaces and clay. Um, I think has only had one match so far this year, whereas Watson came through qualifying here. Playing some nice tennis. I have this match pretty close. Was able to get plus 145. Would play this down probably to plus 135. Should be able to still find that. Um, Anastasia Potapova, minus two and a half games. Thought about maybe taking the money line, but I think if she wins, it's pretty comfortable here against Madison Brangle, who, you know, I don't know if this is her last year, but I think this is probably her last year or two playing tennis kind of at this level here. I think we're just going to watch her get kind of beat up all year, and I think Potapova has a good chance to put one on her here. And, of course... Coco Goff is playing, and she's not only playing, she's playing one of my favorite players to bet overs and over two and a half sets and is a big underdog, Katarina Siniakova. She is one of these players who in the WTA can just reach these unbelievably high levels. She's a great doubles player, um, so brings a lot of variety to the game and things that a lot of players aren't used to seeing. Plays a ton of three-set matches here. Um, happy to take the over and over two and a half sets again. I think she can steep one off Goff here. At the very least, we should see a 7-5, maybe even a tiebreaker here. So over 21 or better, over two and a half sets, I'd play that plus 170 or better. So we got four looks there in Adelaide. And then a couple more looks, just three here in Sydney. Um, that's the other tournament. I believe these start a little bit later. Again, most of these matches start around 7 o'clock Eastern time. It's got a nice part about Aussie tennis. We get it at a pretty good time. We'll start with a parlay here. Jessica Pagula, one of the favorites um, just in general to do well this week. She's got Caroline Garcia, who just continues to kind of fall off the map. Um, you know, the line here I'm seeing is right around minus 380. I have this closer to 450, even minus 500 if I start to tweak some stuff. So see some value in that, but it's hard to lay, you know. Minus 380. So I'll put her together with Alms Jabor, who's playing Petra Kvitova. Petra Kvitova just kind of looks lost. Um, been a long time since we've seen her play good tennis or even look 100% healthy. Um, she's a player who, ever since kind of falling off the stage after a press conference at the French Open, really messed up her ankle and hasn't looked the same since. So it looks like she's still carrying that injury. Jabor has just tons of variety here. Again, the money line on her, right around minus 170. I have it out at minus 225. So happy to put the two together, right around even money should be good. Tomlianovich Schmedlova. Um, this is a spot where we'll take the underdog Schmedlova. Um, again, has been playing some tennis the last couple weeks. You know, I look at this, I have them, you know, st stats wise, Tomlianovich generally plays a better quality of competition, but should be a pretty competitive match here. I have it closer to plus 170, plus 180. So anything plus 200 or better looks good to me. There's 225 just about everywhere. And the total of 20 and a half, I have closer to 21 and a half, maybe a cheap 21 and a half if I was hanging it myself. So anything 21 or better looks good there. Nothing in the Australian Open qualifiers tonight. I'll try to keep an eye on those. Kind of some funky names and matches there, but uh, enough bets otherwise, I think. 
funky indeed. And yeah, it's Monday. It's just Monday. There's a lot of tennis yet to be played all week. Down under overnight tennis. We have some day games this week in college basketball. I have a six pack, which I will run through quick. A lot of it is pretty predictable based on if anybody watches the show or watches how I bet. A couple of these names are going to come up time and time again until the market finally adjusts or I've given them enough money and I improved wrong, I guess. Wofford over 125 and a half. I think this one is actually on the move. I like Wofford's offense a lot better than I guess the projections do. They are a slower paced team, but I can see them getting to 70 here. I don't know why this is quite this slow. Again, it's two slow paced teams. I get it, but I have this projection in the 30s. 130, so over 125, Wofford, NC, Greensboro. Illinois, Chicago takes on maybe the worst team. Not quite the worst team. Bottom three, though, IUPUI, the Jaguars. PU in the name for a reason. Terrible, turned the ball over a ton. I don't see their offense working ever. I could see a 40-something point output from them. They've done that multiple times this year, not reaching 50 points about a half dozen times already. So that is certainly on the table. This is a nice low total, but uh, I'm still on the under here. Holy Cross plus seven. Um, It's not a good team, but neither is Lehigh. Lehigh hasn't beaten anyone by seven this year. I mean, they beat one team by seven, exactly. And that is not a Division One team. It was just a school called Eastern. I don't even know who that is. So, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, they haven't haven't covered a seven all year. So, Holy Cross getting seven is two points too many in my mind. This could be a really, really gross game altogether. Grambling and then, uh, you know, just uh, getting down to the the two HBSU um, or HBCU conferences the MEAC and the SWAC where there's a bunch of action these conferences have been great they just haven't canceled games god bless them like uh, Grambling Florida A&M under I've talked about Grambling a bunch terrible offense turned the ball over a lot doesn't hit free throws against uh, A&M I have this closer to 130 under 136 and a half Morgan State South Carolina State is up in the MEAC these are both Baltimore teams I think Morgan State is this I'm not even sure if this game is happening right or I, I'm not sure if I put the right team name in here for some reason the the schedule says Coppin <laughs> still on on they've they've moved so many games around that the schedules are so wonky I fully expect one of these games to not even be played but Morgan State real 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 rough on offense effective free throws effective field goals free throws three points everything i have this much lower than 151 despite their quick pace and then pine bluff unders that's something i've bet constantly constant craving for uh pine bluff unders i'm trying to think who sings that song it's a good jam um yeah the the golden lions great logo bad offense prairie view a&m not much to write home about either. They run a little quicker offense. They hit their free throws. But other than that, they turn the ball over a lot. Don't hit shots. So under 149 for me there. And we'll close it in this action-packed super show. Katie Lang. Thank you, Patrick. With a little <laughs> bit of the Professional Basketball Association. That's not what it's called. 
Yeah, speaking of schedules, double check. There's it looks like there's a couple games that have postponed um, that are back up on the schedule here. I believe Sixers Rockets tonight is a reschedule, and I believe Nets Trailblazers tonight is a reschedule. So be careful, double check your models, make sure that you've got your schedules and things kind of updated there. Um, but just two looks tonight: the New York Knicks host the San Antonio Spurs. Just a brutal schedule spot for the Spurs. Three and four back to back. They come off a brutal overtime loss to the Brooklyn Nets last night. Um, a lot of the teams still carrying kind of COVID issues. You still got about half the roster there. The Knicks are still missing Derrick Rose, who is really a fundamentally important piece for them, but everyone else is there and healthy. They're at home. Happy to lay six here in a game where I have them eight, almost nine-point favorites. You know, so anything six or better looks good. You should be able to grab that now. Um, I think I actually even played a six and a half earlier, so six and a half is fine. Again, just a really great spot here for the Knicks. And then the Rockets team total under 108, the Philadelphia 76ers doing a uh, sleepover game, Andy, here in Houston. Um, looks like everybody's healthy. They had the last two days off, so that's the sound of me knocking on wood. Joel Embiid should play tonight. Um, they have plenty of time before their next game, which is also against a not-so-great opponent. So I expect him to play tonight. Um, should be a great spot for the Sixers. As you mentioned, I like to look at you know kind of average totals versus average closing totals as a way to try to get an indication of whether overs or unders should be popping. You know, a lot of times you'll see the you know the books totals will be just slightly behind what's actually happening, which makes sense. As they get results, they kind of update. And it looks like we're at a point here where totals, actual totals, are starting to come down. So it might be unders here. I'm going to keep an eye on that for this week and the next week. I think it might be kind of an um, under under full kind of week here in the nba and this looks i was like hoping you'd say wonderful <laughs> and the chat we're, we're sitting here talking college football basketball tennis and the chat is um talking about african cup of nations god bless their hearts they can't get enough they need to be betting right now just full dgens live betting african cup of nations soccer i didn't have a chance to look at it there is a good match between a country i've never heard of and gabon at uh, 1 p.m. Comoros? What is... I'm going to have to do some digging. They're just doing this thing where they're inventing new countries all the time, and I'm not keeping up, apparently. So, with that said, I'm taking enough of your time for Alex. Any Malawi. Dan. Yeah, Malawi is another one. Like I cheer for one team in the a- AFCON, and it is <laughs> um, Wakanda. Wakanda forever. Um... Yeah, like, rate, review, hit the hit the old uh, hit the old thumbs up in the YouTube chat. We'll catch you here tomorrow.